Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles Dan Masters, and with me, as always, is my good friend, the East Anglian Elliot Friedman. Will, Will, how are you doing? I'm doing right, thank you, Dan. Very well indeed. Good, good. Right, let's crack on. You have a question for me. I've, uh, I, I was, I was thinking the other day. I was thinking about the trade deadline of all things, Dan. I don't know I why I was why. thinking about the trade. Yeah, who knows? Who, who knows? just came to me in a dream and I thought, well, you know, trade deadline. <laughs> okay. And um, I was thinking, what would what would spice the trade deadline up and, and things like that? Just thinking about all the different things about a trade deadline. It sprung to me, Dan. What do you think would happen if there was no trade deadline? If we were allowed... But to clarify, the trade deadline is very much a symbolic... It's a poorly titled... Uh, event in the NHL calendar, I think, because really it's the playoff yes. eligibility deadline, whereby you know teams are more than welcome to make as many trades as they want today. Just my understanding is the player is not eligible for the playoffs for their new club, which is why people use it as a, a pseudo deadline. So, Dan, what do you think would happen if there was no trade deadline in place in the NHL? I have two answers. I have a serious answer and <laughs> a half. A half funny answer. My half funny answer is one thing that would definitely happen is that a lot of middle-aged white men would be out of a job, because I was lucky enough to catch. I was actually off on Monday, so I watched all of TSN's coverage. I found a stream of it. I didn't obviously have sound on because I'm not a sadist, but I you saw all of TSN's coverage. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. And I, so, what? so you watched a show that was a panel of people sitting around talking about hockey trades and you didn't have the fucking sound on. But you were just yeah, sitting you were just sitting watching Bob McKenzie and Pierre no. laugh and talk without any bloody sound coming out of their mouths. No, I wasn't I wasn't watching it and doing nothing else. I was doing other things around the house. And you don't need to have the sound on and because you, they just wait, you, the second there's any breaking news, they put a big graphic on the screen saying, Oh my god, this has just happened so you don't need to hear it. So you weren't fucking watching it at all in any way, shape, or form. You're doing other. Th- you had something on in the background and you put it on mute. Oh, that's dude, dude. It's a 21st century. Moral, Does anybody actually of watch? Heard. Does anybody actually watch anything anymore? It's like, do you sit down now and watch something 100 percent from start to end? No, you fucking don't. Ab- you're absolutely your not. Phone, but you're looking I'd... at your missus. You're telling her to shut up because you're trying to listen. You're asking her stupid D- questions about things. You know, you've no you've used that. Watches everything. That perfect word, the L word, listen. You know, you're not even trying to listen to it. Like you might as well just, I'd, no, you might as well just have notifications on for bloody Elliot Friedman on your phone. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> TSN's coverage was <laughs> on my computer. All right, how about that? You pedantic fuck. But I also saw I'm the pic. More pedantic if we're looking for that. Oh, fair enough. I also, Sportsnet also tweeted out a picture of what their coverage was going to be. And between them, it looked like a clan rally. I was just like, <laughs> the fuck is this? Like, are you going to start putting hoods on in a minute? It was so stupid. It was so stupid. Just a bunch of 40-year-old white dudes, half clean-shaven, half goatees. Could you not find just a female skater to sit on a panel? Could you not find anyone from the CWHL or something? Or somebody from, like, a Canadian skater, an American skater? Just to get their opinion on things? Like, they have an opinion. Do you think Kevin Hayes is a good fit for Winnipeg? Let's cut to this person. Let's cut to this woman. Or anybody. Or even a dude who's, I don't know, not white. Get a fucking Mexican dude on. Or an African-American dude on. Or a fucking Chinese dude on. Or something. Give me something. Even the fucking geeks at the arena, you know, when they're 
oh, well, we've got breaking news now. We've just spoken to somebody. We've spoken to the kit man inside the room. Even all them were white. I saw I saw one Asian-American dude, and then I think I saw one woman. And then, and then TSN had one woman that they cut to for a total of maybe 10 minutes the entire eight hours. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, guys, you've got, you've got to get better at this. You've got to get better at this. And that's... Man, it drove me mad. And I don't need to get mad about that kind of thing, but it was so egregious and so obvious. I, I think the egregious thing that you've really made me realise, Dan, is the offensive number of goatees that are found around Thank the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's just too many. You, the can, goatees tell. you, you can tell they're all middle-aged dudes because the goatee was huge in, like, 91. So all these guys have just zoned in on that fucking, like, this is my fashion now. I'm a, I've got a goatee and I love my goatee. You can't even have a beard. Like, what the fuck? I remember, like, Elliot Friedman saying, because he had that huge beard in the off-season, and he was told mm. he had to shave his beard off. What the fuck? <laughs> God, it was so mad. Like, you have to I, shave I your beard off. I want to get to the stage off. where every uh, every hockey analyst that's on today has, like, the same goatee. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> and then my half-serious, and then my serious answer is, I think it would, it would, it would eliminate excitement, but it would also eliminate panic amongst GMs. Because clearly some moves at the deadline are just, oh my God, we have to do something quickly because this person's done something, so now we have to do something. There's only a few teams who ever do nothing. I'm obviously like the Lightning don't have to do anything because they're awesome. Like You don't want to break that up. So, But I know we'll get some of the trades later on, but I think it would eliminate a lot of panic internally in organizations. To, and then I like the Ryan Hartman deal last year that the Preds made with Chicago. Didn't turn out to be any good. And you probably could have, at the time, if you looked at the numbers, people would say, well, yeah, you probably could have guessed that at the time that it wasn't really what they needed or... But I think they kind of thought, well, Winnipeg is still really good. Vegas has kind of come from nowhere. We have to do something, change up a little bit. And, you know, sometimes you don't have to. So there you go. I like it. I, I was thinking um, as much as you can sort of eliminate the end of February, start of March deadline, there will always be a natural deadline if you can trade whenever you fancy during the season and during the playoffs, because come the end of the regular season, all the teams that are out of the playoffs will have no need for their expiring UFAs anymore. So that will sort of naturally make a right now it's time for the playoff teams to, to load up on, on assets. And I think what it'd really do is actually drive down the um, the price for, um, for acquiring expiring UFAs because you get even less games out of them. And there's a sense of, Look, you're you're out of the playoffs. You're trying to get rid of this UFA player for for nothing, uh, for something rather, and you do not have any more games to play. You're backed into a corner. There's no point you keeping on to this asset. In in a similar way, when you see um, teams trading the rights for players, like just before before free agency kicks in. Yeah. So like I know, for, for example, the Stars got Ben Bishop for a fourth round pick from uh, from the Lightning a couple of days before he was due to become a free agent. And I think you'd see more, more of, maybe not quite that low, but like you know, say everything knocks down a tier, so if a player's worth a first round pick, he's not going to be worth a second round pick, etc., etc. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting, and it might make the playoff race a bit more interesting for certain teams, because if you've got teams that are on the bubble a little bit and they're umming and ahhing and thinking, oh, is it worth holding on to my to my rental? Blah blah blah. Those teams are then going to hold on to the players that are expiring UFAs, and then it's going to sort of push a bit more urgency to the end of the season for for more teams at least which can be seen as a good or a bad thing see so yeah, abolish the trade deadline i say <laughs> it's just fucking boring anyway why not 
No, despite despite my earlier rant about TSN and Sportsnet's KKK membership, I do feel that I do <laughs> I did enjoy it. I gotta say, I enjoy the fact that you get like a breaking news barrier come up and I think, ooh, okay, here we go, something's happening, and I kind of get a little kick out of that. And I do I do like the fact that two months out well, sort of 20 games out from the playoffs, GMs have to decide, like, shit, do I stick or do I twist? What do I do here? Because you think if you're a team that's made, say, say maybe, well, I guess like Columbus, bizarrely, they're, they're not, like, locked in. <laughs> they still might miss. But they thought, fuck it, we'll just go all in. And I, I like that. I like the difference. I like the differences it creates and the different positions it puts teams afterwards. So I'd still keep it. I, th- I think the trade deadlines are a little bit like New Year's Eve. There's so much expectation <laughs> automatically put on it that it's oftentimes going to be a disappointment just because of the expectation that you've piled on it. Every now and again, you're going to have something interesting happen and like a decent one, but more often than not, it's just going to be a letdown by default. I agree with that, actually. I think I think what you want is I think you want to see the best teams. To make it really exciting, you want to see the three or four best teams get so unbelievably good somehow that you just know it's going to be those four in the final four at the end of the year. So for like Tampa and say, oh, like the Islanders or something. So the Islanders get Duchesne, Tampa get Dingle, and then the Islanders and then the the, uh, the Lightning go and get McQuaid for some reason. So then the Islanders file back an hour after with another player, and you're like, oh my god, they're trade like they're now like trading barbs. It never happens because, like I said, teams at the top don't really want to mess with anything. So that's a, that would be a way it would get more exciting, I think. But it's never going to happen. Yeah. If like the Lightning went out and got Mark Stone, which they have the assets to do. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't think I've got the cat room to squeeze him in, but the Lightning could have traded for Mark Stone four times over. So then the Islanders are like, "Well, right," and they go and get like they go and get Matt Duchesne. So then the Lightning go, "Right then." So then they go and get Ryan Zingle. So the Islanders are like, "Right then," and they go and get someone else. So we're going to get Kevin yeah. Hayes. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Cool. Should we start the show. Probably should. It's that time of the week. It's the smooth recap. Pajama-wearing, Long Island-leaving, hated robot, lying son of a bitch, goal-scorer John Tavares doesn't do his Westworld cyborg overlords any favours of staying hidden among actual human beings, as he's the only person on a leap's bench to not flinch as a puck hurtles towards them at breakneck speed. Like a teenager getting into fights and drugs, Conor McDavid is channeling his frustration in all the wrong ways. Hopefully a two-game suspension is enough to thwart his headhunting rampage. Staying in the Canadian capital... Oh, sorry, it's not. Staying in the Sportsnet capital, Austin Matthews becomes the first Leaf in history to score 30 goals in his first three seasons with the franchise. Connor wasn't the only superstar getting heated as Sidney Crosby picked up a misconduct during a TV timeout line rule with the Sharks. A handful of rabbit punches cost the kid 10 minutes of his time. Outside stadium-based hockey news now, and the Flyers win the Stadium Series game with a come-from-behind win against a team that should be comfortable playing outside on the ice. Penguins. I mean, this kind of result 
can only ensure that they make some quality defensive signings at the deadline. AG Goldlings have played at least two games in the NHL this year. After acquiring Cam Talbot, 10% of the tenders have played for the Flyers. The Goalie Union would like to send its congratulations to Roberto Luongo as he passes Ed Bell, now number four, for third most wins by a goal in NHL history. A ceremonial plaque and battery-powered tyre pump will be presented at the next Florida Panthers home game. In their first game since offloading Eric Branson, the Canucks have posted their first shutout in a year. Take from that what you will. Speaking of Florida Panthers goalies, Sergei Bobrovsky is the first goalie in Columbus Blue Jackets history to record shutouts on consecutive days. I'm really glad they're not riding him till the end this time. I would like to take a moment to apologise to the hockey gods for any transgressions I've committed. I beg their forgiveness and that they would lift the curse placed upon the Dallas Stars. Thank you very much. And that was the smooth recap. Dude, some of those are ridiculous. 80 goalies have played two games. What? That's mad. That feels like Jesus. a high number. Yeah, it does. I'll say. That's, um... I mean, I don't know. You think about it, that's two games, what, 31 teams in the league, 62 goalies if you've got. You'd imagine the backups have played two games by now. That's an yeah, extra... Yeah, that's 18 more goalies. 18 extra goalies. I mean, that's not crazy, though, is it? Maybe I'm wrong. It seems crazy, but maybe maybe it's like that every year. Maybe it's like 75, 76 every year, and maybe we're just not realising it. That seems like crazily high to me. But I, th- yeah, I think what's wrong. what's particularly crazy is if you, you know, take the the two goalies away from a per team from that number you're left with as we said 18 a third yeah. of those extra goalies have played for the flyers <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is the flyers just... that is the one that's crazy yeah that's true yeah that, that's the kind of weird bit 10 percent of the league's goaltenders have have played for the flyers all right that's, who's winning uh, the cup this week much. yeah go on here you go who's winning the cup let's have a look let me remind myself oh how can i forget <laughs> It's the the coaches for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I was trying to find out who specifically is responsible for special teams, but whoever it is, bloody congratulations. When I when I made my notes, they were first in both power play and penalty kill. And to me, no matter how good your team is, that's particularly special. You've got to be doing something extra, extra incredible to be both the most potent offensive and defensive team when it comes to a, to a man being removed from the ice. Dude, they're just they're just terrifying, aren't they? <laughs> they're terrifying, <laughs> and and it's going to be ridiculous oh when they don't win the cup. Dude, I put that out on I put that out on our Twitter account. Imagine the scenes; it's going to be wild, and the Lightning don't win the cup, and they become like you know they get like the third highest points total in history or something. They they were the they're the I think they're joint second best team ever points total wise at this stage of the season. I think Montreal twice hard. had a hundred points in sixty two games. Boston did it once in '63, and they've done it in '63. Especially in the like, it's the salary cap era. That's fucking ridiculous. Absolutely mad, and it's it's another reason why, like, I think the President's Trophy does deserve more credit. Like, it deserves more respect. Yeah, and you deserve something I, for it. I don't it. know. If that's just you like the football fan in me. For it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what you deserve something extra for it because you are the best team. Maybe of the maybe season. some sort of trophy. <laughs> Maybe named after somebody really important, something like that. Yeah, and not, not just a specific person, though, Dan. Like more a um, more like a, a leader, more a post. Yeah, yeah, lead. yeah. Well, because like he led the league. Of, yeah, like a leader of a large area of some kind. I don't know. All right, fair point. Fair point. For me, Who, uh, who's it's winning obviously the who's winning the cup. 
let me tell you, it's 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 a bunch of jerks. They're a bunch of jerks. Drawn, they're a bunch of jerks as far as I'm concerned. The Hurricanes will. How can they not be winning this <laughs> cup? They're having fun oh, all yeah. the time. They're having great times post-game. And now they're playing with grit and intangibles, thanks to their head coach. What a team. I, uh, I thought that was a Pierre Maguire impression for a minute there. They're very close. They're very close. Pierre's is more it, kind it, of sing-song, isn't he? <laughs> bunch of jerks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, That's mate. Fuck. It's incredible. You wouldn't you wouldn't catch Justin Williams doing anything like that, would you? <laughs> I know. I love I love those photos where it's like Cherry and that uh, and that caption, and then just the picture of Justin Williams going under the limbo bar. <laughs> 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 oh, Christ! Man. I hope they, I hope they make it to the playoffs, and I hope they do it. I mean, they might kill him. They might kill him. He hates it so much. So like he'll have a heart attack. Yeah, he will. Going to the rants. I don't think they'll do it in the playoffs. I feel like they won't do it in the playoffs. They have to. How can they do it in the playoffs? I hope they've got something really lined up. Something really special. I reckon they might do it after um, winning a round, but not after every win, I don't think. Alright, who's getting relegated? Who is getting relegated, Dan? That's a very good question. Um, There's only one man that that deserves relegation. It's more relegation for his own good, to be be quite frank, and it's quite obviously Pierre Dorian. He's... He's oh. in over his head. He needs uh, he needs putting out to pasture. I'm oh, sorry, Pierre, that we've put you through the pain that you've had to endure for the last two or three years. It's been a bit much, really, isn't it? Have you seen that the um, it came out today? Have you seen the Labrette and Flats is done? That's it. There's no way they're getting a deal done down there. <laughs> so is, is Meldick still being sued for a billion dollars? Well, I don't know about that, but they've said the local council team, whatever they're called, have said the Labrat and Flash project is now that's it. It's not done. It's you know it's not happening at all. And it's then Malnick's come out. And, yeah, Malnick's come out and made a statement saying Ottawans deserve a place to play, work, enjoy hockey, shop, you know, commune that kind of thing. And obviously, his Twitter is just an absolute dumpster fire because it's just everyone's like. Fuck off back to Barbados. Why don't you sell the, you know, why don't you go down to the Breton Flats and jump in a lake or something? It's just awful, awful things. He should stop tweeting immediately. Surely if you're a billionaire, like you've got better things to be doing than tweeting. See if I was a billionaire, the second one of my properties started to kind of hit a downward spiral, I'd be like, right, I'm selling it. That's it. I don't need this shit. I I, I just don't I just wouldn't need I don't care about the stress. I don't want the stress. Surely you make surely you have all the stress to make all your money. That's what the stressful part is. Once you've got enough money, you can just be like, yeah, peace out. Deuces. I'll see, I'll see you later. I'm done, Gus. Bye. If, if Eugene Melnick was just a fan of the Senators and wasn't the owner, do you reckon he'd have a lot more goodwill than the fact that he's in charge? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. He might He might even be, like, not revered. That's not the right word. But like, if he, if he invests his money on, like, going to every single um, Senators game, I don't know, there might be a bit of a cult status about him, might not there? Maybe like one of those super fans you get. He could like he could be Sands Man or something. They're just I don't know what <laughs> well, that, like, I don't know what the costume is. I don't know what he dresses well, up you, like. But... You know what it is. He he'd probably dress up as a centre, really, wouldn't he? I guess, but he doesn't. Or a centurion, should I say? Yeah, centurion. But even then, he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to picture Eugene Melnick as dressed as a centurion, and my brain can't compute. I don't know. I, I reckon I can I can see it. He looks like a like the really old guy who's just like. A day away from retiring, and then uh, they get invaded by the Persians. <laughs> the Persians. Well, my relegation team this week is, I mean, it should be obvious to everybody, the Boston Bruins. It's the second time this season I've relegated them. 
because once again they've decided to trade away an exciting young forward prospect who in his new team now has four points in four games. Uh, have they learned nothing from Tyler Sagan, Will? <laughs> have they learned nothing from Tyler Sagan? Clearly not. Right. Ryan Donato and Tyler Sagan are basically the same person. Dude, he's already got four points in four games. The writing's on the wall already. Like, this is not, this isn't going to go well. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to go well. Nah, it, <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't put too much stock in, in like a, a sudden breakout for a player on a new team. But yeah, it's not, it's not looking too good. Not, uh, no. not looking too good. All right, what are you starting this week? Um, I've got three starters. Oh, me too. Um, you can, you oh, can go first. That's nice. Oh, thank you very much. Um, no problem. I'm going to start the first starter, um, first name on my on my lineup sheet. It's going to be every single photo that's screenshot, whatever it might be, that is highlighting just how few players are left on the Senators team from their uh, 2017 <laughs> Eastern Conference final team. I'm, uh, I'm particularly fond of that team photo that's going around where they photoshopped on all the new teams. <laughs> I've not seen that. <laughs> oh, mate, it's incredible. It's like that standard standard team photo. You know, you've got all the staff in like matching suits and the players on benches and all that shit. And yeah, photoshopped on like their new teams. And you got like players who've retired in um like Hawaiian shirts. And it, <laughs> the thing that really like I really noticed, you've got like you know Dion Fluff's in a in a Kings jersey and, and Mark Mathot's in a Stars jersey and stuff. But then there's quite a number of players on that team that are in um. Foreign uniforms, Dan. Maybe KHL, really? maybe Swiss League. Who knows? Really? A couple of AHL teams in there. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, that's that's a bit more damning. Like, you know, it's one thing to blow up your team and have them all stay in the AHL, but to get rid of most of your players and have not a lot of them to uh, to stick around is is particularly. Um, it's not a good look, as they say, Dan. Yeah, there's that picture of that 2019 Sens calendar floating around, isn't oh, there? Which has got Eric Carlson, God. Mike Hoffman. Mark Stone and Bobby <laughs> Bobby Ryan on the front. <laughs> when when must that have been printed? Because wasn't like when was Carlson traded? Do you remember the summer? It was, it was before the season started, wasn't it? Even then, you should That's have seen the writing on the wall. Like, and I love how yeah, it doesn't even have Matt Duchesne on it. It's got Bobby Ryan instead of Matt Duchesne. <laughs> it's got, well, it's because they knew nobody'd take his contract. <laughs> like he's got to be here. No one's taking like, this guy. He's definitely going to be there. It should have been. It should have been Borowiecki. Uh, Matt Duchesne Melnick Pierre, I was going to say Melnick and Dorian <laughs> <laughs> Melnick in different disguises just Melnick in four different outfits no I was going to say Melnick outside different um, arena projects that he's failed to build <laughs> like different areas of Ottawa that they've rejected his they've rejected his application <laughs> or like January breaking ground on all these four different things yeah <laughs> Another kicker for that calendar for me was the fact that they had, um, no matter when they printed that, like Eric Carlson and Mike Hoffman was side by side. Yeah, they should have been like a black, a big black bar in between them or something, just a very thick black line or something like, or like a red X or something. <laughs> or Melnick. Yeah. Or Melnick, oh, yeah. Mate. Carlson was what, traded in the uh, middle of September. He was traded. I still feel like that's a bit early to be printing a 2019 calendar. Yes! Who's, who's yes, of course it is. Of course it is. Dude, they can't even sell like, they can't even sell out the stadium. How many people are buying Senators calendars? You could have printed that on the 29th of December, for fuck's sake, for 2019. 
I would love, I would love to get one of these calendars now that you mention it. <laughs> you should try and get everyone to sign it. Like visit the different cities that they're all in now. I'm going to visit. We'll get all four of them. That'd be like yeah. extra 150 Pokemon. <laughs> Gotta catch them all, senators. <laughs> all right. My first start this week is Henrik Lundqvist getting choked up about his good buddy Matt nope. Zuccarello. Henrik, we saw your uh, tweet, your Instagram about Matt. Uh, after spending nearly a decade with him, now that he is officially on Dallas, just a word on, on what he's meant to you uh, on and off the ice and what he's meant to this team. Um. <laughs> it's tough. Good friend. <clears throat> Sorry. <sighs> I can't do it. <clears throat> I tried. I tried googling a video of of Henrik Lundqvist getting choked, but it didn't. Uh, oh, didn't they're out there. You just got to look for him. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite as sexy kind of, as I was hoping it'd be. They're on, they're on the deep web. It is really mentioned, but we've. I think we've. I've mentioned it a few times before. But these players are. These players are definitely like they're people too. And we as fans just say, I oh, just fucking trade this guy to here and just I oh, just trade him to there. But I still think now and again, as cutthroat as this business can be sometimes, I still think sometimes there are players who have such a bond with a team, the rumour could be they're getting traded and they could they go to the GM and just cry their eyes out saying, Please don't trade me, please. I love it here so much, please. And the GM goes, Oh fucking hell, fine, fine. I'll I'll think of something else, I'll do something else. I'd like to think that happens now and again. Because it was a sweet thing. It was a sweet thing seeing Hank all sort of sad and dejected about his best mate. I am... Um, <laughs> not, uh, not to just poo-poo on, on Henrik Lundqvist's emotions, because I feel like that's not my place to do so, but at the end of the day, these guys are just like... They're work colleagues. It's not like... Yeah, they might be really good mates. Dude. Even, if they were, <laughs> even if they were mates. I'm just saying, no. Zuccarello, he's not dead. Like, <laughs> so... He's just, he's just moving to Dallas for a couple of months, like steady on. I know, but and... no, you... no buts about it. Like, what? I sometimes what? wonder if you've ever even seen hockey. I sometimes wonder, like, are you? Is this just your idea of a long con? And like, you've never seen a game in your life. And I said to you, do you want to do a podcast? And you went, oh shit! Uh, all right, <laughs> I'll just like psych my way through it. I'm, I'm trying you know to be what the these John... guys are like. They're gonna do a thirty for thirty on me where I'm the John Spano of podcasts. I've <laughs> never even heard of any of these people. It's all just read and react to what you say. Yeah, yeah. If we look back on all your statements over the years, it's just like very blank. It's, it's like a psychic. It's just very blanket statements. I'm getting the name beginning with S R T V. Yes, okay, there we go. The team no, based I'm... in New York will have mixed fortunes yeah. this year. <laughs> so true. A team based on the eastern side of America. May win a trophy at some point this season. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? You know what these players are like. They feel like they're at war every day. That's what hockey players think. Because you know what they're like. <laughs> they're all fucking. How many times have we said about oh for the good of the team and players who've done unspeakable things? Their mates having their back secretly, even though publicly they're saying, "Well, you made a mistake," but secretly they think, "Ah, whatever. He's still my mate." You know, I still love this guy. That's what players are like. And as soon as if if you've played with a player for ten years, it's pretty rare as well to play with the same players for ten years as well, isn't it? Especially in this league, it's you know I can't think there's that many that have played together for that long. It's actually uh, nine seasons, Dan. So that's not the same thing at all. 
<laughs> Doesn't even get his testimonial. Can't make it through. No, no gold watch for Zuccarello. No. I think I think if um if Hank was a true hockey player, he'd just be happy that he still has um he's still wearing the blue shirt, and it doesn't matter who else is wearing it with him as long as he's in that able to wear that crest on his front. If Lundqvist was a true hockey guy, he would have just said, "Yeah, I'm happy for him," and that's it. So nothing else would have happened. But he's not. He's a human being, Will, with emotions. It's, it's for the good of the team. I agree with what management have done. <laughs> All right, go on. What's your next I'm, one? Uh, my next starter, I've got, uh, I've got Luke Decock. He's a. Uh, I, I had that once. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. I was trying to. I was trying to be serious because. Poor, sorry, sorry, poor sorry. Luke probably gets gets ripped for that. He's probably been ripped for that name since the day he was born. Oh god, Jay. Day he was born. Sorry, Luke. Poor I, guy. I, you know what? I apologise. That was the low road then. You fucking, you fucking should apologise. He's a, he's a reporter for the Athletic. Is he for the athletic? Maybe I'm not making that up. He's a reporter. Does some stuff in Carolina. He posted a fantastic photo of some football field in Carolina. I don't know. I forget what it's called. Some boring oh, yeah, okay, sponsored yeah. one. Have you seen this picture, Dan? Um, I've seen the picture. Fantastic picture. It's of cones in the middle of this football field, laid out in uh, an ice hockey uh, rink uh, shape. There you go. And you think, oh, huh? I wonder what that's doing there. And they proceeded to to unearth more evidence on on the fact that Bettman's talking to Tom Dundon about having clearly having a the prospect of an outdoor game in Carolina. I just I just I loved it. It was a nice bit of proper investigative journalism. The way he framed it, I was just like, oh, I wonder what that could be. Fantastic! So I thoroughly look forward to the Winter Classic twenty twenty one, Carolina versus versus Winnipeg. It's going to be great. Florida, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to have some some sort of uh, star power like Andrew Cop. No, oh, there you go. Yeah, I agree. Good good journalism. I like that. Anybody can go and sit in a scrum with a dictaphone and just write down what the coaches say. That's proper investigative journalism. I like that. It's good stuff. I wonder if he works. He's had to like, look and take a photo. Whoever he works for, I'm hoping he worked on like crimes before or something like that. Like he keeps looking for something that's not there. Like oh, this could be an ice hockey rink or maybe they've borrowed lots of. Maybe they've buried lots of bodies under there or something. It's like, he's, dude, he's, he's basically like Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great shout. That's a great shout. <laughs> and um, as as simple as the thing as it is, like I love a bit of behind the scenes. And while you know, marking out a hockey rink in the middle of a football field just to get the idea of where it is, it's a very simple thing. It was kind of cool to see. Like I'd never really thought about that. As as the very preliminary stage of planning an outdoor game, and just to see, oh yeah, it's that simple. I cool. do like. <laughs> it is crazy to think that somebody sat in those seats and went, "Can you imagine an ice hockey rink on that field?" And somebody went, "Not in a million years." And they put some cones down, and one guy went, "My God, <laughs> look at it! It's all coming to life." I didn't think cones. it was possible. It's <laughs> right before yeah. my eyes. We've somehow fit a 200-foot rink on a 100-yard field. Oh, my God. The maths work out. How is it possible? I, I want to see the photos from later in the day where um, Batman and Bill Daly are sitting in the stands and they've got, like, 10 geezers out there <laughs> with jerseys on. And I was going to say red and blue thing? jumpers. Red and blue jumpers on the floor to signify the lines. <laughs> And, and Batman and Daly go through every single seat in the arena just to check that the visibility is good from there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dearie me. Dearie me. Well, bizarrely then, I didn't know you could have that. What have you got next? 
I've also got something involving a stadium. And I'm starting this oh, with nice. a word of caution. So I'm starting it because I enjoyed it, but there's a cautionary tale maybe. And I've got Gritty jumping off the stadium roof. Now, these stunts well, seem to be getting increasingly... There. Yeah, these stunts seem to be getting increasingly dangerous with every passing month. First he's firing t-shirt guns, then it's running up and down steps in the arena, then he's just out and about in the world meeting God knows who, and now he's jumping off roofs. I feel at some point we need to remember there's a human being inside this costume. And at some point, someone's going to say, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if Gritty goes into a cage of lions? And someone goes, yes! And the guy's like, in the suit's like, hang on, what? And they just kick him in or something. Watch as Gritty gets mauled. Because if you think about it, this is terrifying. This is a terrifying image I'm going to give you. If something goes wrong, (laughs) that Gritty costume with the big googly eyes and the funny face and the big belly is going to be lying there prostrate on the floor with a dead human inside. And to me, that's like terrifying. And they're, and they're going to have like... to cut Gritty open to pull out this case of a beer. In some very, very twisted uh, exactly. ceremony. Exactly. I just think like, why is Gritty jumping off the... Ro- okay, the streaking thing, that was amazing. Him streaking along the side of the ring was genius. I love that. That was so much fun. Why is he jumping off a fucking stadium roof? There's a real human in there. You don't need to do this. It's fucking insane. I, 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 I would, I would wager that they probably put a more, yeah, you know, a human being that's more qualified to jump off roofs inside the the gritty animus than they usually dude. do. Like they, they probably Man, have like a, a streaking specialist, uh, a face <laughs> jumping specialist, t-shirt gun firing specialist. Like they get um they get the American sniper in to uh, shoot the t-shirts. Yeah, I'm just terrified. Whoever does give their life uh, for the sake of gritty, it's going to be a worthy cause. Man, if you say, if you say so, I can't go sign. If if, anyway. if that All doesn't right. get your entry to Valhalla, I don't think I don't know what will. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> You're going to get to heaven. There's going to be like 18 gritties. Like, what are you all there for? Oh, we all died doing various stunts. Like, oh shit, that sucks, guys. <laughs> I tried to hold my breath underwater for 10 minutes. He was attacked by a lion. <laughs> This guy got shot into the sun. Fucking hell. I want to see Gritty do a traditional like evil could evil jump a car over 18 buses kind of thing. Dude, the day the stuntman is dead, isn't it? You don't get stuntman anymore, do you? Like, time has well, passed. We just spent three minutes talking about a geezer who jumped off the roof of a bloody baseball stadium. What are you talking about? You know what? It's a fantastic point. How crazy <laughs> wrong I was just there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, in some ways, it's never never thrived more. The, uh, in some ways, I would. Let, I mean, no, I no, in some ways, in the exact way, I couldn't have been more wrong just then, could I? <laughs> All right, he's, he's just on, not getting the recognition he, he wants would have. Uh, the next one I've got is related to that very game, Dan. That very game, and oh, it's not Christ. pretty related. Uh, I'm going to start the the penguins jerseys and uh, entire oh, uniform yes. from uh, from that game because the penguins looked absolutely quality. I mean, I was. Yeah. Uh, not a big fan of the helmets, I must be quite honest. I think um good idea, poor execution. It's just a bit too much really. I'd have sooner just seen straight up yellow helmets. But no, those those jerseys looked yeah, yeah. really good. I agree with that. Really good, really suited them. Big fan of those. Yeah, definitely. Agree with that one. And my last one is I'm hoping everyone's seen this. Have you seen the Islanders John Tavares video? I the, did the dear As John I said to you earlier today, I <laughs> I've still, I've still only seen little bits of it because 
imagine that, like a lot of Channel Four comedies, I I love them, but I just can't watch that much because they make my heart do twist itself into knots because it's just so cringy. Dude, I watched it and then spent the next ten minutes scratching myself. I came out in so many hives. I I think I was just like, oh no, no, oh god, oh, and it was, oh, it was terrible. It's terrible. Oh god, it's amazing. How how could but, you do that to those poor people? I do love it because anything that can incite the fans into throwing like into throwing stuff at John Tavares is fine in my book because as you know, I root for hatred, and this is just breeding hatred. And I can't wait. I can't wait for that game. Do you reckon um, they can get some Flyers fans into Nassau Coliseum as like mercenaries <laughs> for for throwing things at Tavares? Hired guns. Yeah, <laughs> hired hecklers. Hired hecklers. Oh, God, that would be amazing. Aren't they showing the tribute video as well? Are they still going ahead with that? Do you know? I, d- I, d- I have no idea. I didn't even know they were playing. I hadn't even thought about it, Dan. How do I you... know they are. I've, I've heard... I was watching something yesterday and someone said... What was I watching? I can't remember. But someone said, oh, do you think they're going to boo during the tribute video? And I was thinking, you're not doing a tribute video, are you? Like, you can't be doing a tribute video. That's, that's crazy, dude. Are they going to boo <laughs> during the tribute video? Oh, Where? please. Please, boo. When is it? Is it tonight or is it the weekend? It's either tonight or tomorrow night. I think it's tomorrow night. Mate, I am buzzing for the video. John Tavares is crying on the ice looking up at the Jumbotron, <laughs> being booed like the kingdom come. Dude, he's never going to oh cry. He doesn't God. show any emotion, does he? No, he's but he will. But he will, because I'm... I'm with John Tavares. I believe that he didn't want to leave Long Island. I'd have to go to the hospital if that happened. I'd have to have a very embarrassing conversation with the doctor. You want to hope? You want to hope that he sits there on the bench, looking stoic and stone-faced, but just a single cheer, like a single tear rolls down his cheek. Like, yes, they got to him. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. You know those things that you didn't realise that you wanted so badly, and until someone points it out to you, and you think, oh, yeah, that is actually. That would make my life complete. All right, scratches? Uh, I'm going to scratch Brad for a living because uh, he sh- probably should have done something. Just just any, anything. Yeah, really. but do you want to, really? I mean, do you like, even just, just something? But what could they have done, really? Could it, I mean, they were in on stone. What do you mean, what could they have done? It's a fucking trade deadline, Dad. I mean, I mean, all right. Yes, they could have done something, but I feel like I feel like the price would have been like the price was just crazy. No, no, no! I was about to say I'm stopping myself. I've stopped myself. I've stopped myself. Do you know what? I take that back. I'm mad enough to admit when I'm wrong. You know what? You're right. Yes, they probably should have done something. Okay, I'm with you now. Yes, there you go. So bread for living. Get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) I'm gonna scratch, and I I feel this is lost. In all the trade deadline talk, but Radko Gudis two-handed tomahawk chop with his stick to Nikita Kucherov's head. No, he didn't. Did he? Seems to have passed everyone by. <laughs> oh, clearly, and it's god. passed you by as well. Oh my god, dude! Right, right now, go and find that. Find the Don't. still of that image. Find that picture and come back to me. I'll vamp for a second because <gasps> this gets two games from player safety. Mate, when you see it, <laughs> it's unbelievable. He is goodest. He's just he's goodest of thronings again. After he did last season, or the season before, he is the now he is the Highlander again. 
After what? <laughs> Have you just seen it? The, no, just the Highlander joke. He's the Flylander, isn't he? The fl- oh my god! <laughs> oh my so god! I'm, I'm watching. This sorry, I'm watching the video. What the fuck? This isn't getting talked about, and you got two games. Two games. If you're not near a TV now, or, or a computer, and you're maybe driving or operating heavy machinery, please don't stop. I'll just describe it to you. Oh my imagine, god! Imagine you're holding a sword, and someone's not looking <laughs> at you. You're holding this sword with two hands, and you just bring it down as hard as you can onto the top of their head. That's what he did. Do, well, if, am I elaborating this in any way? I, I would give you a slightly more um, obvious example for something that says this. If if anyone's familiar with Marty McSorley and Donald Brashear, <laughs> it's just the fucking oh, yeah, check on Russian. I don't like. I don't even mean that as a joke. Like what the no, fuck? Yeah. I know, right? Two games, and oh, no one's talking about this. That's criminal. That's <laughs> isn't that mad? Isn't that absolutely mad? I I can't believe that. What and all fuck? the shit he's done. He did exactly this. He did exactly this thing. And I mean, fa- I mean to be fair, fair enough. At least Kucherov stood up and not kneeling down. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You know whose anyway. fault this is. It's Ryan Reeves' fault, isn't it? Don't do it. Don't do it. We're not doing this. Move on to your next thing. For promoting revenge culture. <laughs> you know what we've got to do now, don't you? We have to get Vegas to play the Flyers and then Ryan Reeves can do the right thing. And no, we, have to trade, we have to trade Ryan Reeves to Tampa, which I think is the only logical next step for Revo on his, uh, oh, on yeah, his NHL voyage. It's fucked up. I mean, <laughs> That's just, really quickly, fucked I will up. Say, just quickly as well, I will say, since Tom Wilson got blindsided... Been a pretty good boy. <laughs> just gonna throw it out there, you know. Just saying, it's he's not really fucking, done anything. It's because he's suffering with severe concussion symptoms and he doesn't know where he is half the time. <laughs> Doesn't know what sport he's playing. Tom Reardon put, put out a statement last week saying, "I'm really impressed with how sort of Tom's calmed down and he's playing more for the team now, not doing silly things." I was thinking, yeah, because now he knows what it feels like. <laughs> Oh, we can't do it. Can't do it. Go on, move on, move on. Yeah, I think I think we probably should. My my last scratch because I, I I had three, but one of them was a joke. So um, I've let you down there, Dan. I probably should have run that past you first. I'm going to scratch the the stadium series jerseys for the Philadelphia Flyers because they were god awful <laughs> in contrast to the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins ones. It's it's it funny like how security or something like it was just so that bit that small amount of white that they have on their jerseys as is like is doing a lot of work and I didn't realise that until that stadium series game they looked awful absolutely diabolical like just so you could you know watching the game it was too dark a shade of orange it blended in with the black too much it really didn't help it just, oh, it just looked so bad and that it reminded me of when the the jerseys first leaked and you saw them side by side on on coat hooks or whatever, and at that point I thought, oh, they look a little bit rough. But when it came to the game, the the penguins ones worked and the flyers ones absolutely did not. I like to think uh, to bring it back to a nineteen seventies or eighties song. Joni Mitchell once sang, "Doesn't always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone," 
and that little bit of white, as you mentioned, you had no idea how important that bit of white was, <laughs> but it disappeared. And you're like, oh my god, bring back the white quickly because this is terrible. For the love of God, give me the white. Those are, those are some horrible, horrible jerseys. Who um, who are you going to scratch now? What what last two scratches have you got for me? No, no, I had the one. That was it. I had oh, the, just uh, the one. Oh. The Radko Gudis <laughs> Highlander, Martin McSorley. Tomahawk chop was so much I I couldn't even fathom anything else. I mean, it's, it's I did want to mention. Free. I did want to mention just quickly. You said uh, the the flyers uh, give me the white. I believe that's Sportsnet's new logo for the next tra- uh, the deadline hey. next year. There we Bring go. Bring back the white. Bring it back to some. Yep, because that's what they need. They need more white. All right, trade deadline. There we go. Then a little segue. <laughs> <sighs> Take a deep breath, everybody. Let's do this thing, shall we? I will say as well quickly that. We're not going to go through every single team. If you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, go and read, you know, the 75 articles on The Athletic Florida about their future considerations for whatever player they traded to wherever. I noted down as many as I could, I, as many trades as I could that I thought were decent or newsworthy. So, Will, are you happy for me to just go through and lead through and then you can jump in at the end if there's anything you don't like or... I mean, I was we'll I was planning on talking at length about Alex Broadhurst uh, <laughs> being traded from the Blue Jackets to the Jets, but I suppose we can we can do it your way if you want, Dan. Fair enough. There we go then. Blue Jackets. Shall we start there? Because Jesus Christ, smart place to start. Um, you know, setting the pace as it were for the uh, for the trade deadline. I'll say the most all-in thing I've ever seen since something else that was really all-in, because. Which, which as, gets... as you said, Go Dan, on. sorry. Funny funny for a team to get this all in when they're not even in a playoff spot at present. Or not guaranteed to finish in the playoffs. But, should I say... You know you know what I hope now, don't you? I know. What do you hope? They miss. They have to, they have to miss the playoffs. Well, <laughs> they have to miss have the to. playoffs now. I mean, they just... And I don't mean they have to miss it. They have to really miss it. They have to miss by sort of like eight points or something. Not even close. It's not even a last day thing. I tell you, I tell you what. Yeah, they're out of a playoff spot as we speak. Yeah, well, they lost to Pittsburgh last night. Who you would oh, think yeah, they well, did, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> After the moves Pittsburgh made, you got me thinking. Can okay, I ask him to be a walkover? This is for Columbus. <laughs> nope. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this. I'm going to read all this off verbatim because Jesus Christ. Columbus get Matt Duchesne, Julius Bergman from the Sens for Vitaly Abramov. Jonathan Davidson, a conditional first in 2019 and a conditional first in 2020. If the 29 pick is in the top three, then the first move to 2020. If Duchesne re-signs and Ottawa get a 21st, unless the 2019 condition is met, in which case Ottawa gets the Blue Jackets 2021 first. They also get Ryan Zingle and a seventh from the Sens for Anthony Duclair, a second in 2020 and a second in 2021. They also got Keith Kincaid for a fifth round pick and Adam McQuaid for a 2019 fourth and seventh. Jesus Christ. So, they have turned Eric Carlson, Matt Duchesne, Mark Stone, Ryan Zingle into two firsts, two conditional firsts, three seconds, four NHL players, and five prospects. Will, first, thoughts on what Columbus have done? I think, yeah, they've they've leaned into their situation in in a lot of ways, you know, they're they're looking at two, I'll two say. big, <laughs> two big UFAs to be, in Panarin and Bobrovsky. I don't know if you knew they were expiring contracts at the end of the year, Dev, but they are. I'd heard of um, 
and I've said, fucking fuck it. Everyone says we should trade Panera and fuck you, we're going to do quite the opposite and trade for everyone we possibly can from the Ottawa Senators and uh, and a couple of other people. Um, not a fan of that Ryan Zingle trade, not going to lie. That is, uh, yeah, that was the that was the weird one to me out of all of them. That is a lot to a lot to pay for um for a player who's on his you know career setting season at age twenty six. Really, uh, really a bit too much for me to be quite honest. Madyshenko at a fantastic price by uh by comparison. I mean, yeah, those two conditional firsts is is quite a bit, but he is a first line centre, so that's fair enough. And the two prospects yeah. they gave up are nothing, if you ask me. Vitaly Abramov is he's done, he's toast. Well, he's twenty one and he's got eighteen eighteen points in fifty games in the AHL, something like that. That's not really a good sign. Uh John for Davidson, he's over in over in Sweden doing some yeah, it's not too bad, but not exactly particularly good, I wouldn't say. So yeah, that was a decent decent trade for Duchesne. Bad trade for Zingle. The other two, very unnecessary, but very um in keeping with the trade deadline and its general theme of um crap players moving for crap returns. We're gonna go through and talk about our sort of favourite, least favourite, or sort of best worst trades. We'll we'll just mention it as they come up because I think that's probably the best way to do it. They must be crazy taking on Matt Duchesne. Because I guarantee you, this guy is like, <laughs> secretly, he is the he is the franchise killer. He doesn't know it. He doesn't do it on purpose. But it's like he's infected with something. And I think they're insane for taking him on. I think they should have looked and gone, hang on a minute. This is the same Matt Duchesne, right? Who left Colorado a terrible team. And the second he bounced out, they became a really good team and got into the playoffs. And their first line became one of the best first lines in hockey. To go to the centers, who were very close to Stanley Cup final, and then they become terrible. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's not the case, but you never know, and that's why I'm hoping they miss the playoffs. You need him to uh, to team up with Taylor Hall, really, don't you, in New Jersey? For you sure, can for sure. Guarantee the uh, the 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 lottery win and the franchise killing at the same time, so you can create an, an Eastern Conference of Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> that's the last thing we need. <laughs> We can't we can't take on that much news at once. It'd be it kill us. I do feel a bit for Anthony Duclair, who went in the Ryan Zingle trade, who was pretty much hung out to dry by torts, wasn't he? Saying it was basically a fucking idiot. You know, like he thinks he has, <clears throat> he thinks the puck can just find him. I don't know if he's not listening. I don't know if he doesn't get it or whatever. But at this point, Duclair's seen more clubs than a baby seal, so I don't know what's going on. There is something. That you know, he's had what five clubs already or something, and he's still what 23, 24. This would be his fourth, fourth, yeah. And I think, yeah, there's something there, but I don't know. I felt a bit for him. He kind of it seemed like he got hung out to dry a little bit. Did you uh, did you see what Torts did after he left? No, Torts was um, was <laughs> using his stick in practice, he was using Duclair's oh stick. God. It's like a no, but like it not in like a dancing on his grave kind of thing. Apparently, he said oh. like, "I like the kid. I thought he was a good kid." <laughs> what? All right, maybe it was him trying to show tough love or something. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I absolutely believe that was that was it. It's you know, over coaching, you know, coaching gone bad sort of thing. Yeah, I did like. This is going to sound crazy. This, I know it's going to sound crazy, but 
I really like that Keith Kincaid pickup. I think what the, he had. Go on. The statistically worst goalie in the NHL. Listen, they gave up nothing. Listen, hang on. They gave up nothing. Goalies go are on, crazy. Go on. We know what goalies are like. We we were, we were saying the other week. Just you can get any. You feel like at some point any goalie, if they just kind of get in the right team at the right time, can just do something. He had spells last year where he was really, really good. And his play helped get the Devils into that last spot in the East. So he has got something. And I and we know what Bobrovsky can be like. The, I don't know if it is Bobrovsky or if they play him too much or if it is in Bobrovsky's head about the playoffs or something. But he has occasions where he just he can't do it. There's something going on there. You know what? Get another goalie in. He played okay last year. You've not given up anything. For, like a fifth, nothing. So I, I think it's a good pickup. Because if, if not for nothing else, if not for nothing else, if you can at least get closer to the playoffs and you kind of pick up a few wins sort of in a row, then at least you can sort of rest Bob. They don't seem too high on Corpusala, which is a bit weird. So yeah, just throw this guy and see what he does. I don't hate it. Can I just read you a tale of my people, Dan? From, uh, from the point, at the point hockey on, on Twitter, do you follow the point? I do not. They're really good. Give them a check them out. It's a it's like a analytics company account. I don't know what you call it, but um, okay. Among fifty one qualified goalies, they don't say what the qualification is. But I'd imagine some sort of time and ice. Keith Kincaid ranks fifty first in save percentage with uh, a point eight nine one, fiftieth in slot save percentage with point eight oh eight, and um fifty first in goal saved above average. With a uh, plus 0.39. While a fifth round pick isn't all that much for uh, someone who is undoubtedly officially an NHL goalie, <laughs> I would wager that the maths is that there are at least 50 goalies out there that would have been worth that uh, that uh, that fifth round pick more than Keith can get. But maybe, maybe they couldn't get them. Maybe he was the only one that he could that they could get. Yeah, you're, you you're right, because they're probably all still on the books with the Flyers, and uh, they're not giving <laughs> exactly. any of them up. Exactly. They're terrified to lose any goalies. I'm not saying I'm married to it. I'm just saying, all right, yeah, why not? Give it a shot. I don't hate it. I, I don't hate I, it. That's what I, I'm saying. I'll give you that. What, why not? Is that your favourite trade of the deadline, then? Keith Kincaid? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I should have said that, shouldn't I? I didn't even think. That's what I not thought you were getting at. No, no, no. And then Adam McQuaid, fourth and a seventh. Every team needs grit and a fighter will. So there you go. It's not there was a prospect there as well, wasn't there for Adam McQuaid? I felt like while while oh, they were there. um small that's what Cat Friendly was saying. Um yeah, while it was small pieces for uh, for Monsieur Yeah, Julius Bergman. Potentially the rights too. Oh, he came so then he came over then. Oh yeah, he came with the, uh, with Matt Duchesne. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, so in some ways it's it's nothing. There's still yeah. quite a, a lot of pieces for Adam McQuaid. We do know that that once you, in the draft, once you get past sort of overall pick number, say five, it's pretty much a crapshoot. So just get as many picks as you can. Yeah, so uh, I think I think according to whoever's model it is, like yeah, a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick are much of a muchness. Yeah, exactly. 
two two draft picks and a prospect for Adam McQuaid is is a lot. Are we are we sure that a I don't know if I should ask this question or not. It seems like a weird thing to ask, but are we sure that a John Tortorella is a really good head coach, or even that b Yarmo Kekalainen is a really good GM? I think Kekalainen is one of the GMs that he's done so little. He's drafted well, but he's done so little in the way of like trades and free agent signings of note that you can't really you can't grade him as bad, so you default to good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. No, just always very patient, always just waiting he's biding his time. He doesn't you know, just because you don't make a mistake does that mean you're a good GM? Yeah, I agree. I, I know yeah, I see what you mean. And I don't know, he's given up three assets for Adam McQuaid. He's given up two second round picks, and you know, Anthony Declare is still a young player um, for Ryan Zingle, who's essentially the centre's answer to Matt Bolesky. Whoa, whoa, Ryan, I'm sorry if you had to hear that then. I apologise profusely. <laughs> that, Matt Bolesky's 20 goal scorer, mate. Matt Bolesky. Matt Bolesky reference in about a year. It's been, it's been quite a while. We miss you. I know. I just, I don't know. It's, it seems like I think you you raise a good point. Like he he had a good trade with Johansson for Jones. I think they've come out better on that because I'm not the biggest Ryan Johansson fan. Um, yeah, me neither. Yeah, it's just something about him that I'm not a big fan of. Um, but yeah, it's not. He's not got enough of a. It's almost like he's an incomplete. You know what I mean? You feel like you feel like if the Blue Jackets can just win one playoff round this year and then they get bounced in the second, they'll take that as a huge win. Because of course they've still not won one, have they? So you think have if they, they got in the second the round, game? oh no, they they beat Washington twice. On yeah. just lying at my arse now. I I feel like if they win one round but get bounced in the second, they'll just take it as a win on the season, which is odd, right? Very odd. I don't know. I don't know. We'll quickly mention the Sens then after obviously picking up all the stuff they did. I mean, in terms of a rebuild, this is exactly what you want. You want as many players you can get back, as many prospects, as many picks as possible, all high sort of picks there are thereabouts. The only problem is, is that it's the Sens. So, <laughs> still concerns. I um, I wouldn't say it's the only, the only worry. I think oh, it's not the only worry, Will. My major worry is not getting a first round pick from Mark Stone, the um the best player who was traded at the deadline, and you don't even get like Eric Branston, fantastic prospect, but to not even get a first round pick, granted, oh, uh, uh, rather lacking in that sort of currency at the moment, they didn't get a fucking second first round pick for for Mark Stone. It's absolutely ludicrous. I agree completely. Well, we, yeah, we can talk about the Mark Stone deal now. I. Mark Stone goes to Vegas for Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, and a 2020 second rounder. Am I crazy, or is that an absolute steal? Oh, yes. Am I, am I insane? With, without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I could not believe that deal when I saw it. I said, like, there's, like you say, there's no first. Again, yeah, Eric Brandstrom's good, but they've... God. I think it was on the PDO cast where uh, he had somebody on talking about Vegas that they... I mean, they have got really good defensive depth got a lot of good young defensemen there so they can afford to give one up so you thought well is this a case of this is all they could get for him this is all the sense could get at that point 
Like there must have been way more. I mean, you have to th- you have to think that that was it. Like there can't have been a better deal out there that the senators said no to. And Eric Branston probably isn't getting enough credit because he is an incredible prospect. He's really oh, yeah. looking looking like he's going to be the real deal, but he's still a prospect. Yeah, he's you never idea. know, do you? You never know. And at the same time, it's not like he's Rasmus Darlene or something like that. He's not. Yeah, you know, he's he's same sort of level as Kyle McCarr. Yeah, you know, he's he's a very highly touted prospect who hasn't stepped foot on on NHL ice. Says, yeah, I I just don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. I don't either. I I, I don't at all. I mean, you're getting he's 26 years old. You're getting him in his absolute prime. I mean, this is the he is signing his max. He is signing his max term contract. It's it's the perfect it's the perfect time to do it. And I mean the way how how quickly Stone signed that deal with Vegas, you have to have thought yeah. that Ottawa knew he was going to sign that deal. Did you see he had a um, he had a welcome committee at the airport in in, uh, um, in Vegas? I, I saw about it. I haven't. It was like a marching band and the blowing mascot and shit like that. Like yeah, the the mascot was there. They had I think three or four cheerleaders. They had the band, you know, with the the glowing eyes thing banging the drums as he as he walked into the terminal. I was like, oh my Christ god, who wouldn't want to play there? Who wouldn't want to play there? I'll throw this out because you asked me this question and you said to me, of Vegas slowly building a super team. They might have, you might have something. You might have something with this. I, I like the way I put that question because it covers me because ultimately every team is slowly building the super team. <laughs> and it's whether you get there or not is the so question, true. really. That's so true. <laughs> but, um, I mean... Well, let me ask you, right, let me ask you this then. Just quickly, let me ask you this then. Very slowly are the Sens building a super team. Very, they're, in the, they're in the infancy of it. Very, yeah. very, very, very slowly. And um, by the turn of the century... I don't doubt that the Senators will have achieved some level of super team. <laughs> Maybe one final. <laughs> no, just just another one goal away. Yeah, Mark's no, already already have one deal. on the. Yeah, Mark's. that is that's a steal for for Vegas. It'd be interesting to see how he fits in, and well, I mean, I, I saw some numbers like his line was stats near Patrick. He had like a seventy percent Corsi in their first uh, in their first game together. Ninety percent. Yeah, just that line. <laughs> that line okay. is terrifying. That's that line else, is so... Patrietti, Statsny, Mark Stone. Jesus. Like, Paul Statsny's not and a player And they've all been traded was, this but... season. They're all, they're all this season. All freshies. They just built Fresh an players. incredible second line out of nothing. Soon as the next on my list. Let's go to the Preds. In what was some people calling a massive win for the Preds, Mikel Granlund and... Kevin Fiala, straight swap. The story around this, of course, is that Mikel Granlund's wife was in labour as the trade was happening. <laughs> Which is just... I have the image of she's mid-push and he's checking his phone. He's like, ah, oh, we're moving to Nashville. <laughs> she's like, what? Now? Just mid, yeah, mid-screen. <laughs> Can you imagine? Your wife, like your missus is giving birth. And you have to then get the baby home and then pack up all your shit and leave. <laughs> like, oh my god! I'd I'd like love said, to stay these and people watch you finish, love. But I do kind of have to pack. <laughs> I've got to pack the car, love. I've got. To... I'm sorry. You know how we've got, I get. Home, and home. Got, home. got a home and home against St. Louis. I've got to go. Sorry. 
See you in a couple of days. Is there? A, I think the Preds win in this deal. I see. I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty torn on it. I find myself flipping and flopping, flopping and flipping because Granlund's a fantastic little player. Fantastic, oh, a great player. player. Signed for another year, two years. I think it's another uh, year. I think at least another year. Yeah, it's another year off this one for just under six mil. He's a solid fifty-point player. Um, plays all sorts of positions. But I just, I can't, like, Kevin Fiala's a good young player. I feel like you, if if all the, you know, if everything falls right, Fiala's going to become a, as good as or better than Grantman does. So in, in some ways I like that, you know, they're going for it now. We want Fiala to be Grantman now, which is why we're getting Grantman. Yeah. But there's, I don't know. I do feel like they've given up on a good prospect, a good not even prospect, a good player in Fiala. So, yeah, it's it's good and it's bad. You know what I mean? I'm curious about some of these. We'll come back to the Preds in a minute, but I'm curious about these some of these Minnesota Wild deals. Is it they don't seem to be getting back? I think they could have got back more for all of the deals they've made recently. So obviously, because after they traded Niederreiter for Rask, and Niederreiter suddenly looks really good in Carolina, they straight swap Granlund for Fiala. We'll come on to Charlo Coyle in a minute, but they only got Donato in a conditional fifth. And you think like they could have got at least a bit more out of those deals. It does feel like they should have. But then Yeah. Yeah, I dunno. It almost the fact that it's happening over and over again, it almost seems like a stylistic point from Paul Fenton. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if you want stylistic attributes as a GM, really. <laughs> He just seems to be swapping either players for the same players or players for not quite as good players. Yeah. For a, for a, as, as you mentioned before, a franchise that really does need like a shot in the arm. It needs something to say, look, look, like look at this, holy shit. Well, you know, this if you awesome. look at like if you look at the uh, the coil and Grandland moves, those those aren't just look. We're looking to get younger. We're looking toward the future. That's fine. But then when you throw in the need writer for Ross too, that's where it sort of flips on its head and it's like, hold on a sec, is this guy just an idiot? Who's yeah. to say? But even even the coil like sort of Donato trade, which you know, fine, we'll talk about it now. It's not like Charlo Coyle's thirty three, and they're trading for a twenty two year old. He's still only twenty six. I mean, fair enough. You know, maybe he were, you know wasn't going to resign, or he sort of made it clear he wanted to leave after his contract had expired, or whatever. But I don't know, but like they, they do want to get younger. Twenty six to twenty two, that's kind of negligible. No, I think that's that's a big enough difference. Big enough. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Definitely. Like as a twenty six year old, you you know what you've got basically. Like a player, Charlie Coyle is what Charlie Coyle is. Kevin Viala has a little bit of room to to grow. I think not a lot. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's not. It's not like he's eighteen fresh off the draft floor. But I think you've that four years is is a lot more than I don't know even twenty six to thirty sort of thing. Fair point. Quickly back to the Preds. Wayne Simmons to the Preds for Ryan Hartman under twenty twenty fourth. That becomes a third if the Preds win a playoff round. Good thoughts on good this pick team? up for the Preds. I like I like that for Preds. Um, I like this as well. Yeah, the fact that they're willing to move on from Hartman shows that they're not particularly intro, you know, enamoured with what he's doing for them, um, and to just throw in a conditional fourth on top of that to get Wayne Simmons you you can't can't fault it really can you 
Um, this was like this was one of the later deals, wasn't it? Yeah, that was right, right at the death, right at the death, wasn't it? Which would make, which would lead you to believe that obviously the market had just completely cooled on Simmons. Everyone was, I mean, he was the first, which... he was the first kind of name I'd mentioned earlier on in the year, earlier on in the season about okay, you know, look out for Wayne Simmons. He's probably going to move at some point. This could be, this could be something. And then it gets like to the death, and he's not been taken. And I thought, wow, he's not even going to go now. There's clearly teams have clearly got worries. And I think once everyone had made their moves, the Flyers then were like, well, cast, yeah, that will, we'll, we'll take a player in a conditional fourth. Then I guess. I think for Simmons, I wouldn't want to take him in free agency, but to have him for as a rental for the playoff run, perfect, perfect little player. He hasn't cost too much really in Hartman in the fourth. No, I agree. If he Completely. if he flops out, he can't be worse than Ryan Hartman, I don't think. And if he turns it on and becomes a Wayne train again, you're absolutely laughing. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a good pickup. We mentioned it earlier. Then we'll talk about Charlie Charlie Coyle to the Bruins. Ryan Donato on a fifth. God damn it! <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm just terrified that Ryan Donato is going to become amazing. But I do I do like the pickup. I don't I the Bruins needed. Depth, they they just got completely rolled last year by the Lightning, who just stifled you know the the top line, and the rest of them had nothing. Johansson, who came over as well from New Jersey for a tw- uh, twenty nineteen second and a twenty twenty fourth, he played last night. Looked really good on that second line. We've needed a second line winger to play with Krejci and DeBrusque for ages. It then gives sort of Danton Heinen a chance to move around a bit. See if he can find himself a nice little home, and Charlo Cole gives us a third line center, which is also something else we needed for a while. I li- I'm happy with those moves. I'm happy with those moves. I think, um, you know, Donatov Coyle is very much Grandland for Fiala. It's yeah, the the Bruins very much need, you know, arguably more than the Predators. They need to to push all their chips in for this year and next year, sort of thing. So I can understand. Like, part of me does think that. Could Ryan Donato have done what Charlie Coyle was going to do for the Bruins? Potentially, but you know, if Don Sweeney doesn't have the faith in, in Donato to do that, you might as well shift him for somebody who is a known commodity sort of thing. Um, yeah. Good deal for Jansen. I love a bit of Marcus Jansen. I think he's a fantastic little player. A second and a fourth is an absolute bargain, especially when we compare it to the previous deal of bloody Ryan to Tingle for two seconds. That, <laughs> yeah, that's just loopy. Loopy to me, but um, but there you go, <laughs> you go. I, I think it's good, good moves for the Bruins to be honest. I like the fact they didn't go crazy. I would have liked them, obviously. To, they they were apparently in on Mark Stone, but the Senators were saying, "Well, it's you know you've got to give us Charlie McAvoy as part of the deal," and they said, "Well, you know that's just never going to happen." So that's why they didn't Jesus. panic. They didn't throw something at it. To be fair, I think there were so many suitors for Mark Stone who. We will say, you know, he is a phenomenal player. I think he's, in some respects, I think he's kind of secretly underrated a little bit. I think teams maybe don't, uh, not teams, but I think he doesn't really get mentioned enough. Maybe because he plays for the Sens. I, I don't know. But the price is going to be too high for Mark Stone. And you have to then, once a team who has good defensive depth or could sort of come out and say, well, we'll give you this player. It's fair enough. But yeah, you're never going to get McAvoy from Boston. And I think it's interesting that Marcus Johansson is now playing with Brad Marchand after he elbowed him in the head last year and got his five-game suspension. So that must have been an interesting first meeting between the two. Yeah, sorry about almost killing you, mate. Eh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry for nearly ending your career. Ah, what are you going to do? Let's be friends. So ah, it's just just no. hockey, isn't it? Dude, if they win a cup or even get to the final, all will be forgiven, as it so often is in sports. Not going to care, are they? Oh, excuse me. Never in a million years. Never in a million years. We'll quickly do this one. Random mantor to the Sabres for a conditional first. San Jose's or St. Louis's. And Brendan Gooley. What do you think of this one? Um, Yeah, I like it, to be honest. Um, I, I like Brandon, uh, Brandon Montour. I was going to say Brandon Manning. <laughs> um <laughs> Brandon Manning for a for a good prospect of the first that'd be something else. Yeah, yeah I, I like Montour. I, I don't know. Like the risk averse side of me says like could Brandon Gould not turn into Brandon Montour anyway? But um, yeah, I think it's it's a good move. Like the the Sabres are addressing their D, which they absolutely need to. I think he you know slots into their top four automatically. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good little move. Maybe. Maybe a little bit much with that first round pick, but it's well, I, I think almost certainly too much with that first round pick when you think that Mark Stone's only off second round pick. So, uh, yeah, but good de- good the pick is- up for the Sabres and they could afford it. So why not? The problem that's going to say the problem for Buffalo was is that everyone knew they had three first round or they had four first round picks in the next two years. So a team who had anybody of note was going to want at least one of them. And I think if you've got them, you may as well spend them. It, like you say, it addresses a need. They've got a good player. I think the Ducks get something good back. I agree about Brendan Gould, Brendan Gooley. I think he's, yeah, he could he could become Brandon Montour anyway. So I think the Ducks have done well out of this. And I think the Sabres have as well. I like I like this deal all around for every for every side. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, I'm I'm yeah. Just happy with it. I've not really got a lot to say about it. There's, there's another year left on Brandon Montour, so I suppose that drives up the price a little bit as well. So, yeah, true. Yeah, fine. I don't think anyone's come out particularly uh, worse off for it. Doug Wilson doing Doug Wilson things as he likes to do acquires Gus Nyquist, who goes to the Sharks for two picks. They receive uh, the sorry, the Red Wings receive the lower of San Jose or Florida second round pick. And a third in 2020 that turns into a second should the Sharks reach the final or re-sign him. The Sharks, like a couple of other teams, are definitely all in at this point. They have eight picks in the next two years, Will. So, they're another team that is going for it. Are they crazy for going for it this much still? No. No, you... I mean, (laughs) you can't trade for Eric Carlson in the summer um, after trading for Vander Kane the year before. And then you know, just say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna take it easy. We're gonna see what happens." No, they've absolutely got they've got to push all their chips in. Absolutely, um, I, I like Nyquist as a player. Fantastic little player. Um, good pickup. Again, not a bad price. Not a bad price. A second and a third is is fantastic if you ask me. And even yeah. even two seconds, especially if he helps you get to the. To the Stanley Cup Finals, that's a that's a good price to pay for for Gus Nyquist. Nothing nothing bad to say. Decent little haul for for the Red Wings. Yeah, you'd almost rather two guaranteed seconds, but I think a second and a third for for Nyquist as a rental is is good because he's a solid middle six forward. So decent all around. Decent all around. I'm a, I'm a bit more interested in the other trade that the uh, that the Sharks made. Oh God, which was which was. It was uh, Linus Carlson going from the Sharks to the Vancouver Canucks for uh, Jonathan Darlene or Darlen, however you pronounce it, from uh, from the Canucks to the Sharks. Um, 
<laughs> I want to know what the fuck the Canucks are doing with this trade. What on <laughs> earth they're doing. This uh, this is my Dude. my worst trade of the deadline. My my worst trade overall. I think it's absolutely diabolical. So so Darlene has been Darlene. Whatever you say it. He's been a point per just game. Call him, just call him just call him Johnny. J D. Johnny D. Um <laughs> J D. He's he's been a point per game in the Swedish equivalent in the AHL for the past two seasons. He's still only twenty one. Um Carlson is nineteen. So again, when uh, when J D was nineteen he had a point per game in, in the Alsvenskin. Uh Linus Carlson's playing in the Alsvenskin this year and I believe he has fourteen points. Which um uh-huh. just to clarify, there's roughly fifty games played in the season in uh, in the Alsvenskin, yeah. so quite no forgive me, seventeen points in forty eight games in the Alsvenskin. Yeah, he might be a couple of years on younger, but not really the prospect that uh, that JD is looking to be, and they're both forwards. So there's, I, I just don't see the logic in Jim Benning trading away someone who was potentially going to make the Canucks this year for uh, for just I, I just don't get it. I honestly can't can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, no idea, not a clue. Definitely a head scratcher for sure. You never know how these things work. Sometimes it might be behind the scenes thing we don't know about. But oh yeah, definitely on, on the on the surface of it, God only knows. God only knows. Absolutely. Awful. Let's talk about the let's talk about the reigning cup champions, Washington Capitals. They made a couple of moves. Carl Hagelin goes from Pittsburgh they to did. the Caps via the Kings. LA gets a third rounder and a conditional twenty twenty sixth. The condition being Washington will send the sixth if they win two rounds and Hagelin plays in fifty percent of the games in the playoffs. Washington also get, and this is my favourite deal, Nick Jensen and a 2019 fifth rounder for Madison Bowie and a 2020 second rounder. I really like that Nick Jensen deal. I like Nick Jensen. I think there's something there with that guy. You you know why you like Nick Jensen? Go on, Will. What? No, Will, I don't. Why do I like Nick Jensen? It's because you're a big John Moore fan and Nick Jensen is effectively just, just John Moore. <laughs> Behind the scenes, folks, I, I, I'm I always texting. Well, every time John Moore does something, I text or say, no, that John Moore contract looks awesome. <laughs> Nick, Nick Jensen is just the capital's equivalent like, to... Yeah, didn't you sign the day after, like, two and a half mil for four years or something? Yeah, he did. Like, <laughs> it's like, enjoy, what, John what Moore do you deal. see him just doing? <laughs> Throwing, like, oh, multi-million dollar contracts to third pair of defensemen. I just don't get it. It's absolutely loopy. Like, um... What Brian McClellan said, oh, we want to find this year's Michael Kempney. Who the fucking got Michael Kempney? <laughs> like, it's not like you lost Michael <laughs> Kempney and you need to replace him. You've already like, oh, we need to find a really good third pair and D man when you've already got a good third pair and D man. Like, what? What more do you want? What more do you want? I'm hoping Michael. What? I'm hoping Michael Kempney was kind of in the background when he said that, and he kind of turned around and went, "Wait, what? I might be frozen out. What's going on? I'm still here, guys. <laughs> guys." Can you hear me? It's loopy. <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, in Archer. Do you want to watch Archer? I do indeed watch Archer. Did you watch Archer? And the running joke about you know, do you want to get ants? That's how you get ants. <laughs> yeah. This Nick Jensen deal makes me think: Do you want a cat problem? Because that's how you end up with a cat problem by throwing <laughs> a two and a half million dollar cat pit at Nick fucking Jensen. 
Loopy. Loopy Dan. Just uh, idiots. Trade's fine. Couldn't care less about the trade. The signing, the worst thing I've ever seen. The worst thing. <laughs> oh, I'm not one for how Pearly there at all. Absolutely not. All jokes aside, on, on the trade, I like it from Detroit's perspective. I mean, Capitals, whatever. I didn't think they need Nick Jensen, but the Red Wings did very well to uh, to get the Mark Stone second rounder out of out of the Capitals. Yeah, there you go. The Mark. Oh wow, there we go. There's a new phrase: the Mark Stone second rounder. That's going to join the uh, going rate as one of our new phrases. I think. Is he is he worth Mark Stone? Is he worth a Mark Stone second rounder? Well, we'll see. I've got to mention this because, as I mentioned before, about the Granlund's wife, uh, Mrs. having the baby and Lundquist and all this kind of thing. Man, Ryan Spooner is being passed around like, I don't know. He goes from Boston to New York to Edmonton to Vancouver in the space of, what, 18 months? Something like that. Jesus Christ. That's ridiculous. Canucks get Ryan Spooner. Edmonton gets Sam Gagne. Clearly the Oilers, as was it Bob Nicholson said the other week, we're looking at not giving up things to get things, or we're just you know we're trying to make things happen here and there. I mean, fucking hell! This is what happens when you try and make little deals, and you're Edmonton just mismanaged to shit. You get Sam Gagne, who's also been passed around from pillar to post. I, don't, I forget who pointed out, but someone had a fantastic little tweet about this trade saying um, they traded away someone from their second rebuild to get Ryan Spooner, who they then traded to get someone from their first rebuild to kickstart their third rebuild in Sam Gagne. <laughs> yes. I was like, it's, it's just, so true, yes. It's beautiful, isn't it? God almighty. Are they. Of all the times we've talked about Edmonton and Ottawa, I have to ask, I'm going to ask this quite quickly right now. Are Edmonton worse than Ottawa at this point? No, 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 never in a million years. They're getting there though, aren't they? It's close. Like organisationally, you know it's it's on a par, but then that's on, yeah. the, on the ice, Edmonton are you know light years ahead of Ottawa. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, in what was probably the most sensible, smartest, best deal of the day, involving a childhood photograph, Kevin Hayes goes to the Winnipeg Jets. In what I hope happens now with every single player, there's a picture of him as a small boy wearing that T-shirt of that team. I think every player that gets traded now, from wherever they get traded to, should have a photoshopped image of them in that team's colours. They need to hire, like, like how you get a, a PR team. You just need a team that's ready to photoshop you into whoever you get traded to, just so you're automatically endeared with the fans. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great deal, though. I love this. This just this is the most sensible deal of the day, right? In the sense of fits and players going and where they fit on a team. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I think so. And and when you throw the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a lottery-protected first-rounder, right? First-rounder should mean nothing to the Jets now because that should be 25 and up, really. Um, yeah, Kevin Hayes, fantastic player. Just, uh, just who the Jets need, uh, especially with Brian Little out for a little while. No pun intended. Yeah, great player. I think he slotted in between uh, Perot and Ehlers last night. Perfect place for him. He's going to be a good second line centre for him. Not a bad pickup for for the Rangers, really. Again, when you <laughs> let's compare it to what Mark Stone got. 
it's not a bad deal, really, is it? <laughs> not a bad deal at all. Um, good deal. Yeah, good, good deal. We, we know what the best thing is about this deal, though, don't we? I don't. What is it? It's the conditional fourth in twenty twenty two. I keep glossing over that. And um, do you know what the condition is for that fourth round pick in twenty twenty two? It's is if they win the cup. The Jets have to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> we'll give you a fourth round pick if we win the cup. Don't worry. That's oh, the most amazing condition I've ever heard for a three year out. If I win the lottery, Dan. Pick. If I, if I hit the Euro Millions, I'll give you a five, mate. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, it's but, Yeah, but I've got to meet a condition to get the fiver. Like, I've got to do some bizarre feat that's, like, almost impossible. I've got to, like we say, I've got to look an evil. I've got to, I've got to jump ten double-deckers on a BMX to get a fiver. <laughs> oh, mate. The fourth, a conditional fourth in 2022, and the condition is you have to win the cup. I love... That's insane. I love this new post Mrazic to the Flyers world that we're living in, where GMs are just throwing condition after condition onto every pick that they trade, and it's just beautiful. I mean, yeah, this season, like the condition meter was just broken, wasn't it? It's it's gone crazy, and now we're just—I can't wait till next year now for the after this condition being put on. I mean, clearly Kevin Sheldow's playing NHL 19 way too much franchise mode and just throwing out 2022 picks like it's fucking whatever. Like, yeah, I'll give you my 2022 third rounder. Just take it. I don't need it. That's that's future me problem. That's not my problem. Pete Blackburn had the had the quality tweet saying um, uh, Cheval Dale's playing, behaving as a GM who's playing GM mode, knowing he's not going to play more than a year on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know so that true. feeling far too well, Pete. That conditional fourth in 2022 was the best thing I saw all day. God, I love that. God, I love it so much. All right. They, um, oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say on the Jets, they made quite a few, um, quite a few trades <laughs> that day, didn't they? Just a, just a couple. Yeah. So yeah, I had like ten or something ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know the number. In it's the uh, end. twenty actually. Um, Jesus Christ! No, six. I think it was ten after. Yeah, I think it was ten after the uh, after the time had somehow expired. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> absolutely loopy, absolutely loopy. Yeah, six trades in the day, which is just. Something else I really like um, from a Maple Leafs perspective, the uh, the picking up of Nick Patan for Paul Lindholm. Really like that trade. Just a nice little one of those. Let's try and get that player who has something. He has talent, and he's just not working in your organization. Let's see what we can do with him, given the opportunity and offloading. You know, Paul Lindholm, good player. I think he'll do well for the um, for the Jets. I think good good bottom of the lineup kind of player. Um, got a bit of skill. Lovely little deal, that. I always think about those little deals. I was imagining on sort of the Stanley Cup team's winning DVD. That's going to be one of those deals that if it happens, they talk about it kind of being a pivotal moment. You know, we got this guy and we didn't know much about him, but we thought we'll take a chance. And it turned out to be, you know, it turned out to be exactly what we needed. There's really showed up players. on fourth line, brought a lot yeah. of energy to the room. Yeah. There's always those players that have those sort of those influences on a team that you would never think they do but it's, it's they're always there like Michael Kemney like we said Dirk Brassard gets moved again a, a Dirk Brassard and a conditional sixth goes to the Avs for a third rounder the condition is if Brassard signs then no pick shall be transferred thoughts on this Will? yeah yeah decent decent yeah I mean yeah you just sort of thought that um, 
they'd want more than the than just a third for for Derek Broussard. But I mean, he's been a bit unlucky Dude, in the last about couple the guys, of places. Yeah, talk about a guy whose stock has fallen. Jesus Christ! A fantastic second line centre in um in New York. Then you know, decent player in in Ottawa, but going to Pittsburgh's weirdly been one of the worst things that's ever happened to him. Really. Crazy, poor Derek it's, Bazard. I think I think that can be a good get for the Avalanche though. If he if he returns to his previous form, yeah, you could really really have a player on your hands there. Yeah, I think it's always worth it's always worth a third just taking a punt on a guy you know is good, but for some reason has dropped off a little bit. That's always worth a third. The best thing for the Avs was, of course, that the Sens are just like fuck it, we're just selling everything. So now they're definitely going to finish bottom, <laughs> and the Avs have got that even better chance of getting Jack Hughes. Every time that buzz from the TSN app comes up on Joe Sakic's phone saying the other centers have traded Mark Stone, the other centers have traded Matt Dittay, it's just like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, you have. Go. Yes, you have. It's going to be oh, mad. When I remember that the, the Avalanche have that pick and I get a little bit giddy, I just think, <laughs> like, imagine how giddy Joe Sakic gets when he remembers that he has that pick. I imagine. I imagine he has, like, a huge argument with his wife. His dog gets run over. His kid's been expelled from school. Just everything's going wrong that day. But he still goes to bed at night and goes, eh. <laughs> and he just has a little grin to himself because he just forgets. And he just, oh, yeah. It's like finding 10 quid in your pocket every day. You just forget every morning. He wakes up and goes, oh, God. Ah, oh, yes. I'm happy again. Life's not all bad, is it? Yeah, life's not all bad. And as much as I want Columbus to miss the playoffs, I also want the Avs to miss the playoffs. Because them having two lottery picks with a chance of getting... I know it's a very slim chance, but the chance of them getting one and two. Oh, my God. Oh, my even, God. Even just two in the top five would make me so happy. Yes, yes. Oh, it should be fattening. It should be so good. All right, then. There's one team I've left out till the end. Will. Your Dallas Stars. Oh, mate. They get Ben Lovejoy from the Devils for Connor Carrick and the 2019 <laughs> third rounder. And... <laughs> Like, go on, talk about that, go on, talk about that one first. It's a fucking point. Like, a 35-year-old Ben Lovejoy for a third rounder and another D-man who wasn't, like... Jesus Christ, like, what is what is the point? In in the last calendar year, Jim Neal has acquired four bottom-pairing defensemen and it's cost him, <laughs> cost him five draft picks. Yeah, so he's, he's acquired um, Jamie Alexiak for a fourth... <laughs> Taylor Fadoon for a seventh. Connor Carrick for another seventh. Oh, yeah, no, it's five assets because then Ben Lovejoy for, for Connor Carrick and yeah. a third. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And this is for a team that's in the in the top ten for, for goals against. The, they didn't need it shoring up. Sure, they need an upgrade of Roman Polak playing on the bloody second pairing with Mira Haskin then. But Ben Lovejoy is not that player. Like, what is the fucking point? Jesus. And of course, the big one. That God damn it. Sometimes bad things make you laugh. But then sometimes bad things make you feel, ah, oh, yeah, that's really shit. Dallas gets Matt Zuccarello for a conditional 2019 second round and a conditional 2020 third rounder. One of them becomes a first if Dallas wins two playoff rounds. And Zuccarello plays in 50% of the games. And the other becomes a first if he re-signs with the Stars. In his first game, he gets an injury and he's out for a month. That was well, um, 
two periods into his uh, tenure in the Stars where he already had an assist and a goal. Assist and a goal uh, as well. Oh, my God. Oh, but from, from the first puck drop, he was absolutely electric. I've always liked a bit of um, a bit of Matt Zuccarello, thanks yeah, in no too. small part to um friend of the podcast, Joe. Big, uh, big, Joe. big Zuccarello fan. Um, and oh, mate, he was just phenomenal. I was watching that game sort of on and off. And, uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, I was watching the game on and off. And I just so happened to tune in at that point where he blocked that shot with his arm. And I saw him sort of, you know, going off a little bit, a little bit pained. I was thinking, oh, well, he's got off. I'm sure it'll be all right. You know, it's just a bit of a bruise or whatever. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then getting onto it in the next morning and seeing, oh, yeah, broken arm out four weeks at least. And like, oh, it wasn't all right then. <laughs> <laughs> you just think that oh, for God's sakes. I love that pickup as well. I think it's a great deal. I loved that pickup by the stars. It, I was like, oh my god, like, that's such a good It looked like up. it was gonna be the, the deal of the deadline. But um, yeah. I mean it's not it's not over yet. I mean the stars were on pace to make the playoffs without Zuccarello. But um he's gone now. So uh if he comes back for the playoffs, fantastic. If uh, if they don't make it then Celevi, it's a bit unfair. the The real problem with Zuccarello going down injured, Dan, not to derail this deadline episode of the pro- podcast, is the fact that for the past eighteen months the Dallas Stars have needed to address their secondary scoring issues, and it has taken till now for them to actually do something about it. So, in in a lot of ways, Zuccarello getting injured is exactly what Jim Neal deserves. For taking so long feel, to um to get off his arse and do something about it. I feel that they did address their secondary scoring issues for maybe two periods. <laughs> so I mean they did they did address it. But Oh yeah, just just eighteen you know, months you know, uh, twelve months too late, shall we say. And um I mean I guess I guess yeah. on the pie ch- I guess on the on the graph, addressing issue down one side, issue addressal on the other side. The two, the two sort of areas. It's it's a very one sided sort of chart because eighteen months for, what was it, sort of forty minutes worth of action, yeah, that's it's kind of a bit lopsided, isn't it? Yeah, um, just just a little bit. There's a bit of a skew a there. Bit. Such a Let's shame. Poor guy. Poor guy. Let's move on. The Rangers rebuild continues. They've got another ten picks this year, including two guaranteed firsts. I think. I was talking about Florida making a push, moving cap space. Uh, the same with the Devils. They've got Devils have got ten picks in this year's draft as well. I won't be surprised if we don't get a much newer looking New York Rangers next year, because they're going to have plenty of cap space available, and it's still New York. And for some reason, people care about that city like it's their child, and they want to go there. So I think, along with the draft picks, I think they're going to make some big moves in the off season. I think I think we could see. I d- I don't know if the the level of patience is necessarily going to be there for the Rangers. I think there could be. Uh, well, there's all that talk about Panera and going there and stuff like that. So we'll we'll have to see. But yeah, I I, th- I think there'll be a player in around the draft and in free agency. Same with the Devils as well. You have that connection. Obviously, New York's just across the water there. I don't know. They have. Like it's, they've never quite had that draw. The same draw that the Rangers have had, though, have they? No, that's true. That's true. But I feel you can still pick up. If, 
not that you'd say it, but if the Rangers have made their moves and you can at least say to the Devils, we're very close to New York, you know. It's just over there, you can see it. <laughs> like, they have that at least. I mean, they didn't have room for you, but we can come over here, it'll be fine. You can still get their training, it'll be all right. It is, it is something, that, like, I think, like we said, teams and I were thinking, hang on a minute, let's just, let's just stockpile picks. Let's just get as many players in as we can. Because you never know. Let's just see what shakes out. We've no, got, you know, we've got ten players to choose from. To an extent, that only works if you're willing to take risks with those picks. If you're just going to choose like you know the biggest bloke available at every single one of those picks, you you might as well have no picks. Well, no, but then yeah, but then having ten picks gives you the chance to do that, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. To just... So if you're if you're taking the chance on at least half of those picks for someone who is just you know has the potential, you know, high ceiling, really low floor sort of thing. That's how you maximise it. Yeah. Not just taking those sort of low ceiling, low floor types. I think like if you know, if you get ten picks and you get two guaranteed NHLers out of it, you're like, oh they're great. I'll take that all day. Still a guaranteed NHLer. Jimmy Hayes is an NHLer. Or was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you need, you need, Matt you need game breakers. And Jimmy Hayes reference. It was, it was just twenty fifteen. He's absolutely on? laughing. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, players like like Devin Shaw's an NHLer. Like Magnus Payarvi's an NHLer. You know, you know what I mean. Well, okay, NHL is probably the wrong word. Like a top six, or d- not? Maybe not an obviously not an elite. I'm not talking. You know, like a when you get, maker. yeah, you know, like you get David Pastor like in the second round or something like that. But yeah, a difference maker, a guy who produces. You know, if you get if you can get a top six forward and a top four D from those ten picks, yeah, yeah, that's that's very cool. Good. You, you're it. absolutely laughing, yeah. absolutely laughing. Yeah, well, speaking of laughing, obviously, Jim Rutherford has finally, after all this time, lost his mind, <laughs> and he's now got Eric Gabranson, Jack Johnson, and Chris Weidman on the same roster. I, I feel I mean, like there's a good Joker quote somewhere that would be very appropriate, but unfortunately, I, I don't have access to that in in the annals of my memories. This Eric Goodbranson deal, I just, I mean, mate, <sighs> talk, talk about a player whose stock has fallen, like Tanner Pearson. It's gone from being I, a, uh, yeah part of one of the most effective lines in in hockey three, four, five years ago, um, to being <laughs> traded straight up for Eric Goodbranson. Fucking hell! Players seem to be going. Players seem to be going to Pittsburgh now to die. Like Tanner Pearson, Riley Sheehan's just been fucking carted off. As we mentioned, Derek Brassard was just thrown away. Oh my god! These players I'm, are just I'm being buzzing for the garbage. Uh, Nick Bugt had one for one for Matt, uh, Mark Borowiecki next year's trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, we said before, I like Jim Rutherford. He actually tries to do things. It's the one, the the complaint we always have as fans, and it's oh, there's never any trade. It's bullshit. Jim Rutherford's always like, fuck it, I'm trying something else. That's not worked. Right, let's get rid of him. I'll try something else. That's not worked. Like get rid of him as well. Let's try something else. You know, Prasad and Sheehan did not work, so we got rid of him. That was it. There was no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live. You know, I'm gonna die on this sword because I've traded for these players. Therefore, they must be great. He's like, no, it's not worked. So I'll get rid of him. But Eric Branson, Jesus. Like, I, I, th- I think Tanner Pierce is objectively the better player. Like, they they both have term, I'll say. I think, one year. They both got one more year. No, two, two more yeah. years. 
Jesus Christ. And Gabranson has a higher cap hit. Like, what are you doing, Jimmy? Jeez, like, that's... I hope somebody in Jim Rutherford's family phoned him and said, you're all right, great-grandpa. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you need me to fly out and, and take care of you for a couple of days? Like, Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, mate. That's yeah, got to be the... Then last night... But then last night, they beat Columbus, who've made apparently all the big moves. <laughs> like, this league makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. It is whether, um, you know, how, how much positive effect Crosby and Morgan can have on another team, how much negative effect is Cabranston having on a team. <laughs> yeah. What's his negative impact on that team? It's crazy. And and for a team that traded away Jamie Alexiak earlier in the season, like I'd, I'm not a massive Jamie Alexiak fan, but <laughs> is he better than a $4 million Eric Cabranston? I'd probably say he is, yeah. Yeah. They traded away a Jamie Alexiak to get back a Jamie Alexiak type player. Which is, like, what are you doing? Absolutely. absolutely. If you, like, why are you getting rid of crap demons and then trade for good for crap demons? Yeah. Like, it's. Yeah. Oh, man. Loopy. And he was actually. Um, oh, my God. He was on a pairing with uh, Marcus Pettersson. Eric Branson, top four D man. To you, God. sir. The problem is, the problem is, is that I've used this analogy before in other things, but once you have won something a certain way, your brain cannot then understand how that's not the right way. And as I said before, he wins a Stanley Cup with fucking God knows who on his on his in his decor. They had nothing, you know, like Ron Hainsey plays like twenty six minutes or something in the playoffs, and they win the cup. And you're like, how's that possible? So he's just going for all these defensemen and we're like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> but, you know, it's happened before, so it might happen again. It's that, like, I get I get with um, putting Luna to bed. Like, if one night something works really well and she goes to sleep really quickly, I think, right, that's got to, this is it, I've, yeah, I've sussed it. it. And then the next yeah. night it's just, I do exactly the same, but it's a completely different outcome. You think, well, why? What has changed? Nothing's changed. <laughs> so true. I'm like you Dan I just don't understand it it doesn't make any sense to my to my logical brain dude if they win the cup I can't even <laughs> like I have to quit this sport you understand that don't you I just have to quit watching altogether because it already makes no sense to me but I don't know I think we'll definitely have to stop talking about it because it clearly just doesn't make any sense we've got nothing that we can uh, we can work you know nothing to, to say about it <laughs> yeah exactly Okay. Any other trades you saw that you wanted to mention that you liked? Um, or were you happy? No, to be honest, quite a lot of them were very boring, very uh, very pedestrian. Then, so uh, no, I think I think we've covered it in fairly uh, in fairly detail. high detail. Yeah. One tiny thing before we move on to man versus coin flip and the end of the show. Did you see John Tortorella answering the reporter's phone at the press conference? No, no, I didn't. Mrs. Reed. <laughs> Mrs. Reed? Hi, this is John Tortorella. I'm in the middle of a press conference here. And you're, you're, no, that's okay. I'd rather talk to you than your husband, I mean, your son. So um, I'll be done in about five. I've seen you call a few times. So it's, it's rude of, it's rude of, yeah, it's rude of him not to call you back, but he's busy right now. It's nice talking to you. 
Okay, have a nice day. Okay, so a reporter had his phone on the podium and he was recording and it rang. So Torts picks it up and then he's talking and it was this guy's mum, this reporter's mum. <laughs> so he's talking oh to the reporter's mum. <laughs> like, how, how are you? Oh, he's in a, I'm in a press conference right now. It's John Tortorella, I'm in a press conference. Yeah, yeah, he's going to... He'll, he'll be able to come to the phone in a minute. And to be honest, I'd rather I'd rather talk to you than him and everyone gets a big laugh. And Yeah, it was oh quite funny. Tort is Avenger. weird, isn't he? Like, like I, I do quite he's like He's slagging him, off Anthony but... Duclair. He's slagging off Anthony Duclair, calling him a fucking idiot. He's telling everyone that Panarin's shit in his pants. And then he's going out, like, <laughs> laughing and jollying with fucking reporters and their mums and stuff. What the hell's going on? I very that, weird. That's what leads me to think that, like, it's a lot of... Shtick isn't quite the right word, but yeah, it's a bit of an act for Torts. And I sort of want to give yeah, him the he's benefit of the doubt. But then at the same yeah. time, he's also saying that if uh, if any players sit during the anthem on my team, they'll, they won't leave the bench for the rest of the game. So it's yeah. like... Eh. I, th- I think Torts is a great um, example of how people are very much different shades of grey. There's no black and white, really. It's true. It's very true. He's a, he's a great study of the human condition itself, Dad. <laughs> Dude, I might go back. You might have to go back to uni and do psychology or something, and just go into, <sighs> just try and get to the mind of torts. Jesus, little, little presentation on torts. Yeah, and then he called this guy a fucking carmy. <laughs> okay, bloody hell, let's get out of here. Man versus coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. Rapid fire, Will. Let's go through this. I picked these all specifically as well. Leafs, Islanders. Let's do it. Mate, it's got to be the Islanders, isn't it? They have to win. They have to win. (laughs) Bruins, Lightning. Lightning. Sorry, Dan. It's fine. You can't better get... I mean, the Bruins are now the third best team in hockey. And even I think you're going to get battered. So (laughs) it's like... They're miles away. I know. <laughs> they're the third best team in hockey. And they're so far away. They're so far away. It's ridiculous. Uh, Sabres, Pens. Um, Two oh, got to, pe- to be the Penguins, isn't it? Of course. That solid decal. Sharks, Hawks. <laughs> uh, Sharks. Corey Crawford can't save the Hawks. There you go. And Preds, Wild. Fiala, Groundland Revenge oh, game. Mate. The Wild have got no chance. Preds are going to steamroll them. Preds. All right. There we go. Thanks, everybody, for this deadline-heavy edition, of course, of 2 Bits 1 Puck. If you want to get in touch with us on Twitters, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at... W-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. And at 2 Brits one Puck, number two, number one. Ah, take a deep breath. Will, any last words? Uh, I'm just about ready for bed, to be honest, then. Fabulous. Yes, at 20 to 12 on a Wednesday night. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.